opportunity to stand in your presence, to engage the divine, to be full of you. Father, we bless you for such an awesome atmosphere. We thank you for the graces that exist in this auditorium. We thank you for the oil upon the man of God and the woman of God. We bless you for the graces upon the house of leadership. Father, we pray as you have been doing in this place. Today, one more time, reveal yourself. Let your people have an encounter with you. An unforgettable experience. Father, we bless you, O God. We thank you, O God, that it is about you. About you, about you. It is you alone, O God. You are exalted upon the throne. May you be seen, may you be heard in the name of Jesus. All over the social media space, may your power be experienced. Even in vehicles, may you encounter your people in rooms of God. Let there be healing, let there be miracles, let there be testimony of God. Father, we believe and we know that nothing can stop you. You are a mobile God. You are a God that moves up. You are a God that is in the north, in the south, in the east, in the west. Wherever you are there, let your power be seen, O God. Let your people experience you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the saints shall say, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Humbly, we want to thank God so much for such a great opportunity to minister to an amazing people, God's people, full of the Spirit of God. And we want to bless God so much for the man of God's life, our dear pastor Enwakese and the wife. We fully appreciate the grace of God upon your life and we thank God for your life as well. We also salute and acknowledge the leadership and everybody. We are grateful. We are grateful. We want to thank God that many years ago, this house gave me a wife and I am very proud of it. God bless you. And I was fortunate to be part of the first batch for the marriage school. God bless you. God bless you. I'm grateful. I have been tasked to minister to this house on the team, the Lord in the midst of his people. I will tweak it a bit, but the content will be the same. Hallelujah. With the permission of our dear pastor, I want to speak to the house about a praying church. Somebody say a praying church. Amen. Shall we read Acts chapter 12? We'll read verses 1 to 11. Then we'll go to Joel chapter 2 verse 17. Joel 2 17. And Acts 12, 1 to 11. Acts 12. Can we all read together if you can? One go. <clears throat> now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. The brother of John with a sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him into four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. Verse 5. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to him, to God, by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, the night before Peter was sleeping, bound with chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, somebody say behold. Can I get it in the NIV if it is not a challenge? Can I get, yes. Somebody say suddenly. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared. 
and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and said, wake up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then the angel said to him, put on your cloth and your sandals. And Peter did, wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision, and this will be the experience of somebody tonight. May the Lord visit you in a way that you will struggle to understand. May it be said that how did this happen, and you said, I don't know, but maybe it is God. They passed the first and the second guards and came to an iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. And when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Verse 11. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without doubt that the Lord has sent his angel to rescue me from Herod's clutches, from everything that the Jewish people were hoping. Look, God is going to be visible in your life. The tangible presence of God will be felt in the name of Jesus. Joel 2.17 Joel 2.17 Joel 2.17 Yesterday as I, I in the night as I glanced through the ministration of our dear father I think he used that scripture as well. Joel 2.17 It's a simple powerful one. Let the priest who minister before me stand between the altar and the porch. Okay, shall we go one go? Let the priest who minister before the Lord weep between the portico and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the people, where is their God? You know, People are not so much worried about what you can show. They want to see what they can feel. Something that will strike them. Something that will prove that indeed you are an ambassador. And so these people are asking, where is their God? They want to see something. They know they are believers. They know they are professing Christians. But they want to experience something beyond what they say. And I pray that you will not only be a talking believer, but you will be somebody who will be proving the word of God. May that be your experience in the name of Jesus. I believe that the man of God has done justice to the topic. The altar, simply for me, is the dwelling place of God. And the porch is the dwelling place of men. Men stays at the porch and God dwells at the altar. But in between the men, the dwelling place of men and the dwelling place of God are what is known as intercessors. Now it is simple. The assignment is simple. The praying machinery need to engage God and have more of God. Then they come back to the members who are about giving up and telling, don't give up brother. We have encountered a God and we are hoping that you have an experience. The God that you are living has assured us that in less than no time, he is coming to you. And the people will go back to God and say, God, won't you arise? Your people are fainting. They need a miracle. They need a testimony. And God will be shaking. And they'll go back to God and say, he is on his way. Like Job, when I don't know but I know that God is tonight I pray every house that needs grace of prayer to stand in the gap as an intercessor may God give you that grace that is simple that is simple if you see a man or a woman that loves prayer fear them fear them whilst men sleep they can rearrange destiny 
Time is not on my side. This is not part of, I would have taken you to Hannah. How Hannah strategically used prayer to move something that didn't belong to her lineage onto her son, Samuel. There was no way Samuel should have become a priest. No. Check his lineage. But you see, Hannah knew the mind of God and knew that God needed a priest. And engaged God in prayer. And even after Samuel had come and had offered him to the priest, the Bible says that every year he will make priestly clothes and take you to the man of God. He gets the Papa, praise the Lord, Eli. Hallelujah. What is your assignment here? Papa, ordained by who? Not the assignment, no call. Then the following year, you will come again. Papa, praise the Lord. I have made an effort for the young priest. And so, at a point, when God wanted to set aside Eli, God didn't need to look anywhere. In the years of God, somebody had told God that you, you have a young priest. Prayer. It's powerful. I pray that that grace will fall upon you. The enemy is comfortable as long as you attend prayer seminaries. You go to seminars. I come to your library, you have 18 books on prayer. You have 21 on deliverance. It doesn't scare him. Even if you were born in a prayer camp, it doesn't change anything. Your name may be called prayer. It doesn't change anything. The only way to pray is to pray. But as long as you can pray, it was came. Maybe, if I am not wrong, our generation do more of talking on prayer than actually praying. But I pray that a certain grace that is going to start a revival, beginning from your home and my home, may that grace hate us. Lift up yourself, oh Lord Jesus, release fresh grace. For prayer. For prayer. Apostle Ajiman Bekun says that prayer is a power-filled ministry. Look, nobody engages in prayer and remains the same. Let me give you a scenario. After this week, I know, I don't know if you are fasting. But if you are doing, by Thursday, some of you will feel that Satan should come physically. You can actually grab him and put him in your pocket. You have had a certain experience. You have had more of God. I pray that that grace will hate us. Oh, may it hate us. Now listen, from the passage we read, that is what happened to the church. The church was blossoming. Jesus had ascended and he had given so much power to the church. And they were breaking grounds, establishing. People were prospering. God was bringing testimonies. He was elevating CEOs. Young doctors were arising. Lawyers were emerging. That was around this same time when the church was prospering. Then verse 2, the Bible says that it was around that same time that Herod stretched forth his hand to do wickedness unto the church. Can I tell you something? The Bible says that we are not ignorant of the schemes of the enemy. Today, I will attempt to explain that scripture to you. Look, Satan does not just attempt to attack anybody. It is a lie. Whoever told you that Satan is interested in all believers, it's a lie. It's never true. 
He attacks figures. Bible called them joint and bands. The doctors are here. That which holds the body together. That is what Satan is interested. He goes for figures, authority, influential people. Can I tell you more? Why will Satan bypass Esther, who was the queen, and go for Mordecai? Can I tell you? You see, Mordecai is not just a human being. Mordecai is a system of generating Esthers. So if I go for Esther, I am wrong. But if I can get Mordecai, I have cut short the next Esther. There is no way a second Esther is going to arise. Satan is not stupid to go for. He is a businessman. He maximizes opportunity. Bible says that he sow tares among wheat. He doesn't sow tares on a dry ground. He is also a farmer, but he's interested in growing areas, viable arable fields. That is what Satan is interested. Church, I came to tell you, there is no way you can keep going and climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing and you'll not be hit by the enemy. But I came to tell you, whatever the enemy give back to you, you'll bounce back like a millet. You'll bounce back. You'll bounce back. Somebody say, Lord Jesus, I receive grace to bounce back. So the other day, the enemy struck one of our sisters. And we were laughing. We were laughing. Some of you were quick to attribute to her sins. And you think that the enemy has not hit you. It's because you are too powerful. Maybe you are working with him. Sadly, we don't stand in the gap for our own people. If I ask you how many of you in the past two months have prayed for your man of God, it will be war. Sometimes I go to places and people go like, this man of God is good. And I tell them that you are joking. The last time I checked, Peter's shadow was healing. Me, it takes my hands and leg to heal. Don't flatter me. There are bigger things that God wants to do. And sometimes people go like, ah, man of God, oh, you're good. And so I can't wake up. Then I say, the problem is you. If only you can, see, you can define what goes on on this altar. Don't join the bandwagon to criticize. What did Job do? Did he do anything? If Job was in our days, he would be a major discussion at Peace FM. People would go to social media, how he took a picture with a certain sister. We see, we suspected Job. I mean, having, there is no, you still think God is stupid. God has said it, and he would do it. The Lord has done it again. Job, that is why he's paying for his sins. Look, church, the enemy goes for figures. Some of you started a business 10 years ago, he failed. Eight years ago, a prophetic message came that it is your time. You did it again. He failed badly. 
Three years ago, you were so sure after a revelation, a divine encounter, and the Lord told you that this is my time, and it failed, and you think that God has given up you. You don't only know that Satan is testing your capability to stand. Bible says that you shall receive the endurance of a camel and the tenacity to even walk on a dry ground. The guy will not go for anybody. Around that same time, when you think that your breakthrough is coming, he's also targeting you. I pray anybody that is about giving up, may grace fall upon you. He plants among wheat. As I said, the moment you plant your wheat, it will come. And you know, when you study about the test, it has similarities with the wheat. He is somebody that the guy is so wise, he maximizes opportunities. Your husband was so good, all of a sudden things started changing, and you think it is workplace. Who told you? Stand in the gap in the night, wake up, rearrange destinies, change shape, change ideas, cause him to see the things you want him to see, cause him to hear the things you want him to hear. May that grace hit us. I am looking for a praying army, a praying church that will arise in prayer and say that sister. Afflictions shall not happen the second time. The first one is over. We learned our lessons. Now we will stand with you. Bible says that blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They shall contend with the enemy at the city gate and they shall win. May that be your person. After today, list your friends. Some friends are not good for you. Delete some. I told my church. That if you think I'm powerful, wait till you see two, my two friends, pastors. If I see this, my senior brother and the wife, they scare me. If you see his shadow for prayer and fasting for the family, then you ask yourself, did he go to the seminary ahead of me? Greatness will attract everything, including all things, including Satan. Once something is growing, he will attack. He will come in. Our dear chairman is calling for one million intercessors. And some don't see the need. Yet, when we go to work, we tell people, you don't know about our church? We are in over 150-something countries. You think it happened by just going for visas? Tonight, today is Tuesday, I implore all of you to join. Let's do one hour and see. You think we have seen the glories of Pentecost. You have not seen anything. You watch out for what is coming. So you go for Mordecai. You check. There are some here who have adopted 20, 30 people. And life is not easy. Sometimes the enemy hits them. They go this way. You think, he's not just in. No, no. And you, maybe you have your small car. Maybe it's, every day you have a testimony. It's good. We thank God. But the day you decide to go to the next level, you will see Luke chapter 5. And Bible says, Jesus told them, let us cross over to the other side. Have you heard that scripture? And Bible says that a boisterous storm arose. Standing with them. Please, don't join them. Look, leave them for God. 
but I will pray for you. I will stand in the gap for you. I pray that after today, the Lord will raise intercessors. So the church was growing. You're fine. And they were relaxing. Bible says that it was about this time, verse 6, that the enemy stroke and he went for James. And listen, this is where the lesson is. When he got James, the people forgot that they need to do something to prove that God that they serve in their midst. And they kept quiet. Oh, yeah, you're turning. God will do it. God will do it. Oh, yeah, he would do it. Before they realized, James was gone. He killed. And Bible says that he realized that it pleased the Jews. And so he went ahead. You see, this time around, he went for the cardboard monitor. This time he's going straight for the school prefects. And he went for Peter. And you see, he wanted to give Peter a public spectacle. The Bible says that he intended to kill him, kill him even at a time when they were having their feast. Church, listen to me. I've decided to be too gentle today. Listen to me. Don't think that Satan is somebody you can walk for a mile. In the book of Genesis, Satan is portrayed as what? Serpent, right? In the book of Revelation, which is the last chapter, he's portrayed as what? A dragon. If you fail to deal with him in the genesis of your life, at the revelation of your life, it will give you a problem. You see, don't say that, I'm tasting it 4%. By the time you realize, in five years' time, you would have become a drunk dickhead. Don't give him a mouth. Friends with benefits, Abby, to destroy you. Cut it short. Deal with it. About this time. The church did the same thing. Oh, God will do it. God will do it. Before they realized, James, a firebrand for no reason, James was gone. And even the verse 2, Bible says that he killed James with what? The sword. Look at the article there. Definite article. Which means that that sword had been specifically prepared to do wickedness unto the church. And he killed him. went for Peter. I don't know what happened but it appears the church realized that no we were making a mistake. We need to rise up. Can you give me verse 6? Verse 6 in NIV. Verse 6. That night before Herod was to bring him to trial Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Is it verse 7? Can you give it to me? Verse 7. Suddenly, but I think I'm talking about verse 5. Where the Bible says that, but the church made an earnest prayer for him. I think it's verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying for him. And so when the church rose up and said that we will not allow this, they started praying. They started praying. They started praying. And I'm now going to tell you that when the church started praying, I'm going to give you some few things that happened. About three of them because of time. Then we'll pray. Then we'll pray. Then we'll pray. Let's go to verse 6, please. Verse 6. Verse 6. That night before. So go to 7, please. 7. Somebody say suddenly. Now listen to me. So as the church started praying, these are some of the things that happened. 
Bible says that Peter was in prison and the people had prepared every arsenal. They wanted to kill him. And Bible said that suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cells. Look, anytime the church prays, things happen. There are seekings in the realms. There are seekings in the realms. There is an engagement from divinity and God will descend. Anytime you read scripture and you come across this word, suddenly pause, stand up, breathe in and go back. Something mega is about to follow. That is where you can ask my wife. I'll be in my library. studying. Then I will shout. Then you come feel. It's everything okay. I say, I've caught it. Something has come from the divine. It has dropped. May you engage the sudden anointing. Praise God. Somebody say, suddenly. Suddenly. Anytime you see this word, it means that God is going to prove himself in the midst of his people. Oh, may that sudden grace... May that sudden anointing, may it hit your home in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout suddenly. An angel of the Lord appeared. And when you see angels coming, it means that God is in a nearby. Because when you read the book of Joshua, an angel can slay over 165,000. Maybe you, just two people, don't worry. Don't worry. Suddenly. An angel of the Lord appeared. And when the angel came, the angel did not come alone. Bible says the moment angel entered the cell, the place was shone. Light appeared. Light appeared. Light appeared. And you know that light conquers darkness. You know it, isn't it? John 1, 5. And the light shines over darkness and darkness comprehended it not. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come. People of God, anytime we pray, the light of God appears and darkness is dispelled. I pray that in this week, as we engage prayer, may the light of God appear in your situation. May every darkened situation give way for the light. If you believe, say, I believe. Suddenly, suddenly, look, things may be bad, it may be awkward, it may be going back, but I pray and I prophesy that after tonight, after tomorrow, and you are finishing on Sunday, may that death situation take a sudden turn. May that which is about dying receive life. May that which is hopeless receive faith in the name of the Lord Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, I declare by the sudden anointing that anything that is hopeless, let faith resurrect it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I pray in church. Suddenly. Suddenly. When church engages in prayer from the three people, they become plenty people. God begins to change destinies. The nobodies become somebody. The Lord begins to elevate. The somebodies begin to climb higher. That is what changes destiny. And I pray that the grace of God that is operating in this auditorium will begin to multiply over your life. If you have been looking for a job over a time, I speak as a servant of God. And I declare that under this atmosphere, let there be a testimony. If you believe, say, I believe. May closed wombs be open in the name of Jesus. Starting right now. May hopeless situations turn around. May those longing for marriages. Let there be a testimony. If you believe, say, I believe. So the angel appeared and Peter was sleeping. I said when we get to heaven, I'll ask him two questions. Is it that he was so confident that God will come or he had given up? It's one of the two. The guy was sleeping. And when the angel went there, look at him. He hit him. My friend, stand up. Listen to me. He struck Peter and said, wake up. Wake up. In any praying church, praying family, and 
You see, lukewarmness does not exist. People are active. Graces are revived. There is a stirring of power. Sometimes those of us from the pencil circles, we go like, oh, Charlie, hey, in those days, pa, hey, Sabafios, Casford, you just move straight to them. How old are you? He said, 29. So which days are you talking about? Any prayer machinery that went on retreats or retirement or sabbatical leave by the announcement of me as an oracle of God, I call you all back unto prayer. Arise unto prayer. Arise unto prayer. He struck him and said that, wake up. Oh, I see revival breaking forth. I see mighty revival in homes. I see people forsaking their pillows and standing in prayer. I see grace is falling because the church is praying and God is proving himself in the midst of his people. If you believe, say, I believe. I am looking for a husband that will wake up at 2 a.m. and be laying hands on the children and be declaring destinies. Ah, ah, ah. The first female president of Ghana. Behold her. There she lies in her beauty and glory. Behold my daughter Amanda. Her excellency. The first. Somebody must begin to arrange destinies. If you believe, say, I believe. That is the mantle. Check every church that is on fire. Check their homes. Nothing extraordinary happens here. Start from homes. The church is made up of smaller family units. When the family is on fire, the church is on fire. Look, because Kwame is coming with a certain Holy Ghost-centric mind. And Mr. Anto is also coming. Hey, the Patrick started something far away. And Pastor Anwakese is coming with the bulldozer unction. We get to the church and literally the church is on fire. Because sniper of fire is coming to me together. I pray, I pray by this prayer. Any grace that is dying, any unction that is dying in the name of Jesus, let it resurrect her. Let us wake up. Prophetic gifts, healing ministries, financing anointings. I pray for a stirring. I pray for a stirring. Somebody shout and say stirring. Stirring. When I was leaving my second station, my first station, Kibora, my wife is here. One day, Kenneth Simpson on school. Firstly, walked straight to us. And she was shivering. She got there. She said, Papa, I have come with the oracle of God. Then he started narrating the oracle of God. Look, I can't give you the details. But she told me that the longest you stay in Borga will be three years. That is just one. That is just one. She came with the mind of God. I am looking for a CEO that will not only go with the PhDs. That is good. I love it. I love books. I love everything. But beyond that, something is backing you that economists cannot explain. You walk straight to the office and say that, Deputy, be careful of this attitude. The guy you want to deal with, stop it. And you end there, you ask you why, you don't say anything. You'll be severing the rest of 21 days. Because in the realms of the spirit, the Lord gave you a vision. And in the vision, you saw him licking, come, my friend. May that grace hit you. Struck him, said that, wake up. Church, people are sleeping, you know. 
sleeping. They think that pastors are superhuman beings. No. Church, let's rise. Where God is taking you as a mother, the kind of children God brought you, they are destiny movers. They will seek nations and you wonder how old are your son is going to own the largest conglomerate in West Africa. Until date, you can't see into the future. Can I say something to you? Two women I check in the Bible. Maybe I'll end there, then we'll pray. I'll talk just two women, then we'll end there. One is Moses' mother. Church, look, don't think that we pastors, we are superhuman beings. No, we are only asses. Look, we are asses. You were called because of us. You are the most important and dear to God. When you are on fire, our ministry blossoms. It expands and radiates with a desperate speed. I'm going to tell you, Moses' mother, when children were being killed, this woman gave birth and something hit him. Boom. She said, no, your child is not ordinary. And the Bible says that knowing that her son was not ordinary, she vowed to keep him. How many mothers know who their children are? What am I talking about? How many? Can I tell you the second person? Once upon a time, a virgin lived in a society. Then an angel appeared and Mary, thou are highly favored, blah, blah, fast forward. Mary is pregnant. Imagine Mary going for antenatal. Who is the father of your child? Holy Ghost. If Mary was in our days, oh, the girls, girls will slay her. They would deal with Mary. She'll be trending all. Oh, name them. Snapchat, Instagram, Tango, TikTok, Facebook. She'll be trending. Then Mary gives birth and knows the promises. Then Mary, oh my God, Mary goes for a wedding. And they say that, yay, the wine is finished. He said, don't worry. Then he runs to the son. Hello, son. I know your future. The time has come. Please do something for me. He said, mommy, but you know that my time has not come. So that is why I am your mother. Listen, then he runs to the people. Whatever he tells you, listen, to do it, do it. Even if he asks you to cut your head, cut it and put it down. This son of mine, he is the giver of life. Can I tell you about a lazy father? Manuel. His wife goes to farm. And an angel appeared to Manuel. And said that, hey, your son, Samson, is, said, wow. Then he comes from D. An angel appeared to him. He said, really? Go back to the farm. When the angel comes, come and call me. <laughs> Church, you are yearning for something big. But have you built capacity? I pray that as the angel is hitting us, may grace resurrects. Hey, 10 years ago, you had a dream. And in the dream, you were buying tickets for pastors to do crusades. And you are still sleeping on it. Tonight, may it resurrect. You have had a passion to build churches for God. And you have been sleeping over it. I prophesy that today, today, may that grace resurrect it. I see men rising. I see women rising. I see gifting being stirred up. I see graces being stirred up. I see people provoked, engaging God. And I see God in the midst of people.